Genesis chapter 45. Thank you, Miss Stacy. Genesis 45, verse number 4, I believe. Yeah, verse number 4, he says, I am Joseph. Oh, your, your phone just went off. Notification, we went live. <laughs> um, and 45, verse number 4, he says, I am your I'm Joseph, your brother. Um, we'll jump down to verse number 9. That's where we'll take our text from this, this evening and all the way down to verse number 28 uh, to the end of the chapter. Verse number 9, the Bible says, Haste ye, Joseph is speaking to his brothers. He's speaking to his brothers there in verse number 9. He said, Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me the Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, and tarry not, or tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household, and all that thou hast, come to poverty." Now, now, we've been talking about all of this, you know, all, all the famine, the seven good years and seven bad years. It's only been two years that, that Israel is out of food. And they had already come to him two year, within two years. But all the events that took place of him, the, the, the young men coming to Joseph for food and then going home and then coming back. I mean, that took time. I mean, to travel from Egypt to Israel, I'm not exactly for sure how long of a distance it is, but if you've got 10, you've got 10 guys riding down the road, and you travel six miles a day on horseback or something like that, I mean, I don't know how long it'll take you, or walking, or whatever the distance is, you're going to, you're, it's going to take you some time to travel, so, so within a year to a year and a half, they were already out of food, and they needed help, and so within two years, here they are, they are in a place where they are without food, and the only food they have is coming from Egypt. But, and, and see, and that's the greatest thing about God, is God knew that, and God prepared Joseph for that, and put him in that position so that he could prepare, or he could provide for them, because he knew within two years, they would need, or within, within a year, year and a half, two years, somewhere around there, they were without food. Man, you know, God's wisdom, foreknowledge of all that's going to take place uh, to be able to provide for those families. Because there were still five years of famine left. <laughs> there were still five more years where they needed, that they were going to need help. They were going to need some uh, nourishment. So, we're going to start here and then we'll work our way down through the outline. But number one is the drafting of the brothers. Verse number four, he says, I am your brother. Verse number nine, he says, all right, now you've got a job. So he, he, they get drafted into service, whether they wanted to or not. And their job, uh, basically, Joseph has, and then he gives them a job. Verse number nine, he says, go to dad, go to my father, and say unto him. So he gave them a, a, got something to do. But I want you to think about this, just serving Joseph serving, uh, I'm sorry, the brothers serving Joseph, uh, they would feel almost indebted to him because why would they need to go serve him? Why would they need to go serve him? Because, dude, 
look, he could throw us into jail. He could do whatever he wanted to us because of what we did to him. And he forgave all of that. Now, what does that kind of remind you of? What God's done for us. God, is, God has taken all of my wrong, all of my sin, everything that I've ever done wrong, and God's done what for me? He's forgave me because of, my, of his salvation, just like Joseph forgave his brothers of, of their sin, of their wrong, of their hatred and envy and all that. He, they, Joseph forgave them and then basically gave them a job. Now, should we feel that same indebtedment to God? That the brothers did to Joseph? I, I feel like we ought to, right? Well, isn't that where it comes in, preacher, that we are Jesus' disciples and we to do we we have a job to do. Oh yeah. Yeah we do. I mean that's why I look at it, you know, from what they had a job to do, Joseph give a job to do. Christ instructed us, we have a job to do. Well we do. We yeah. do. And our reasonable service, as Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So what do we need to do? As Christians, we need to be a living sacrifice unto God. But why should we do that? Because of what God's done for us. I mean, God died on the cross and took our sins and paid for them. And so we ought to be indebted to it. Look, if someone does something for me that's nice, what do I want to do? What do you want to do if someone does something nice for you? You know, I pay them, not necessarily pay them back monetarily, do nice but do something nice for them too. Man, look how nice they were to me. Let me do something nice for them. <laughs> he, he got you 34 roses. What are you going to do for him? I mean, <laughs> look, woman. No, I mean... That's not how that works. That's not how marriage works, right? There. <laughs> You're getting into all kinds of trouble right there. Uh, you'll be sleeping on the couch tonight. Look. <clears throat> I'll, I'll do the floor. <laughs> but there, but we, you know, you know, sometimes us, we expect, like if I do something nice, I'll get something nice. But that's not how we ought to live our life. But God has done something for me. It ought to be expected of me to do everything I can for him because he's done. Why did he forgive me? Those brothers are just like you and me. We didn't deserve God's forgiveness. Those brothers didn't deserve Joseph's forgiveness. They hated him. They envied him. They threw him in a pit. He got sold into slavery. He got thrown into prison. And all of it was because of what his brothers did to him. None of that takes place if his brothers aren't rude, mean to him, ugly to him, hated him, envied him. And uh, <coughs> as Christians... I am indebted to the Lord because he forgave me. Why would God save me? What did I do? What did I do to deserve God's forgiveness? I didn't do anything to deserve it. Any thoughts or questions before we move on? I, I think that the gift of salvation is, is uh, something that we can pay for the rest of our life. You know, paying back to God because of what God's done to us, what God's done for us. Amen. We see the drafting. He drafted them into service, but then he gives them a message to go home with. Number two, the message to home. Uh, look in verse number nine. What is this message? He says, go to my father 
and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. Verse number 11, verse number 10, I'm going to put you in Goshen, verse number 11, and there I will I nourish thee, for there, uh, for yet there are five years of famine left. Uh, this is all the things that Joseph says, go tell dad that there's still time left in this famine, you need to get down here. In verse number 13, or verse number 12, and behold, your eyes see and the eyes of my brother Benjamin that is in my mouth that speaketh unto you. And he and ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt. And of all that ye have seen. And ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. He said, go down there. Tell my daddy everything that's taken place here in Egypt. And you get that here now. Make haste. Do it now. Then he said, it's important to me. Verse number 14, he fell on his brother's neck and began to weep and cry and hugged his brother's neck. Then verse number 15, he moreover, he kissed his brothers and wept upon them after that his brethren had talked with him. So not only did he say, go get dad, but he just began to weep and hug him and kiss him welcomed them back saying, look, I love you even though you didn't love me. I love you. But take the message home. Take the message home. But there was something greater to come with that message. Look in verse number 16 of chapter 45 of Genesis. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house saying, Joseph's brothers are come and it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. Pharaoh heard down the road, down the street, that, that, that Joseph's brothers were in town and that he was beginning to talk to them. And Joseph, and, and verse number 17, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, lag your beast, and go get you into the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come unto me, watch, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do ye. Take your wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father, and come. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land, land of Egypt is whose? It's yours. Pharaoh said, Joseph, go get your daddy and tell him that everything in Egypt is his. Wow. He gets to come eat of the land of Egypt and have all the fat of the land of Egypt and everything in Egypt belongs to Joseph and his family because of Joseph staying true to God and forgiving his brothers. But, that was the message in which the brothers were to tell dad. Now, as you think about this, is that message to deliver to dad? Hey dad, for the last years, you thought Joseph was dead. We lied to you. 
But Joseph's alive, and he has a place for us in Egypt. And we'll get the fat of the land, and Pharaoh's going to take good care of us. Come with us. Don't you, Joseph? How humbling is that message to deliver to Dad? Would you be scared? I'd be scared to tell Daddy that I lied to him for 20-something years. Man, I lied. And I lied. I know we were scoundrels. We were dirty, rotten scoundrels, Dad. But Joseph's alive. He's not dead. Hmm. Look in the... Uh, he wants to take care of us. Sir? And he wants to take care of us. Yeah, and he wants to take care of us. Come on. How, how good is that? How good is that? That not only, not only does he, he's got a home for us, but he's going to take care of us, and we're going to flourish there, and we're going to grow there, and our families are going to be blessed there because of Joseph and the message in which he delivered. Because now I will say this. Though how important it was for the brothers to deliver the message. Because this message was important. What if they didn't go back to Jacob? What if they didn't go back to Israel and tell the, the message to him? Then, then Jacob misses out on the blessing. Now let me ask you this. What other message is that important? What message is just as important as this message was for them to deliver. The message of the gospel. What happens to us? Don't we have a duty to tell the message in which we've been given? I mean, that was the last command that God gave to the church. He said, the details of this message is going to get up to my father. But what are we supposed to do? He said, go ye therefore to where? My house? No. He said to the whole world and preach the gospel. So, uh, hey, this is our message. The message hasn't changed. It's still the same message. Joseph is yet alive. Does it kind of match our message that we tell? That, hey, Jesus is yet alive. Jesus rose from the dead. He's not dead. He's not in the grave. Kind of matches that message that we preach today. Not only do we see the, the details go up to my father, but then he also says he makes a request of them. That this is part of the message. The request is, look at verse number nine. He says, come down unto me. Tarry not. And, and go down to verse number 11. I will, will I nourish thee. What does nourish mean? He's going to take care of them. He's going to feed them. He's going to make sure they have water. He's going to make sure they have blankets. He's going to make sure they have tents. I mean, every item is going to be prepared for them because of Joseph being faithful to God. Wow. Well, let me ask you this, though. Is our message any different? He said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Where do we find that rest at? In the Lord. 
come here and tarry, and I will nourish thee. Who, who gives us our nourishment? God can. He's the one that said, uh, I believe John, John 6, he said, I'm the bread of life. He is that for us. He makes a request. But not only that, but Joseph tells him that this message is urgent. It needs to be done now. Tarry not. Verse number 9. Tarry not. I mean, I, mean, and I know, but is it like ours? Message of the gospel? What are we not supposed to do? Tarry not. Work now, for the night comes when no man can work. Isn't that what it says? The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. There's a harvest to be dealt with. Hmm. Verse number 27, if you will. 45, verse number 27. Verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 26, he says, and told him, Jacob, Joseph is yet alive, and he is the governor over all the land of Egypt. And, ja and Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. He didn't believe them. Verse 27. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And Israel said, It is, not, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. In verse number 26, you'll notice that he doubted. In verse number 27, he saw the wagons and it caused him to believe. You know, just because someone doubts the word of God doesn't mean that it's not true. I, I, read, a, I read a statement I'm going to read to you. It's pretty good. Um, we must never discredit the truth because so many reject it. And we must never honor error because so many accept it. Yep. Just because they're all lining up and accepting hook, line, and sinker doesn't mean that it's true. And I fear that so many churches have gone that line. Well, everybody's doing it. Let's do it. Everybody's preaching it. But it doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that it's true. Just because no one believes it doesn't mean that it's not true. Just because there's not... We'll run into people, and you guys will too, that do not believe God, that do not believe in the Bible. But just because they don't believe in it doesn't mean that it's not true. God's Word is true. God's Word is sure. God is the creator of the earth. Amen. I mean, but that message that those men had to deliver is the same message that we need to deliver to this world. Amen. You know, and with, with the state of where we're at as a nation, it is harder to preach and teach the gospel because it's not accepted to a lot of people. And Trying to witness to somebody in the middle of what's going on. Like, all right, stand over there. Now, what did you want to tell me? You know, it, it, it makes it harder for us to preach the gospel, but the gospel 
should still be fruits. And finding new ways to do it is would be the greatest thing to be able to do. You know, because that gospel, I mean, that message still has to be preached. We can't stop. No. But sometimes I feel like we're in neutral because of what's going on. And that's what preacher, that's what Satan wants us anyway. That's right. He does. He does. He doesn't want the gospel to be preached. You're right. And I think as a church, I think that, you know, we still need to reach people. We still need to get, we need to still have people saved. We still need to, we need to serve as baptistry waters. We need people joining the church. But because of what's going on, I feel like we've kind of slipped into neutral. And it's not our doing, in my opinion. It's Satan's stopping us from a lot of things. But my, 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 I am, I feel more now than ever, man, we've got to get back into, into gear, but it's, there's so many things that Satan is blocking us. Roadblocks. We have to pray that God can help us remove those roadblocks. And we haven't had someone saved. We haven't had someone baptized in a very long time. That burdens my heart. But what can we do with our hands tied a little bit of being where we're at and what's taking place and how can we get the gospel? What can we do? What what can we do differently to, to reach new? That gospel cannot change. No. And the message cannot change. He's alive. He is alive. He's yet alive. Isn't that what he says? Yeah. Yeah. Joseph's yet alive. God hasn't changed. God's still the same. And God's still in the same business, too. He's not done. No. He's not done. And I think sometimes he... Well, I know that he can work in the midst of what's going on, too. Preach, I, I, I think what you're doing there with, on Facebook and everything is a way, is a one way to, to clear that, that barrier and everything is yeah. just yes. to sp- spread the gospel and everything of Jesus Christ is through the, the videos and, the, uh, you know, the Facebook and everything. Yeah. That's, that's an avenue to do it. It is. It is. And,
message is still the same. Yeah. When and the other thing is too, we can't change the message either. No. No. This King James Bible, we, we don't need to change it. You know? That that's it can't be changed. No. It can't be changed. That message cannot be changed. I'm going to close with this last thought. Number three. Number one, he drafted his brothers. He sent a message home. We've got, we've got the message in which we need to go. And then also, they were equipped for the job. I think you just, you kind of got ahead of me a little bit, Brother Blackie. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but we, we are equipped for the job. Look at verse number 21. And the children of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision for the way. He gave them a message. But he didn't give them a message without, a, without being equipped. You know, God did not give us a message without giving us the ammunition, the way, the wagon to get there. Just like when he gave Joseph, Joseph gave his brothers that message, he gave them the equipping. Uh, he gave them the equipment to get back, if you will. He gave them wagons. He gave them provision. It's amazing um, to continue to read in verse number twenty-two when he gave them verse number twenty-two of forty-five. Uh, to all of them, he gave each man changes of raiment. He gave them all clothes to wear. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father, he sent after this manner 10 asses laden with the good things of Egypt and 10 she asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. So he sent his brethren away and they departed and said unto them, See that you fall not out by the way. What did God do for these men? He equipped them for the time to go get their dad. To do the job. To do the job. God has equipped us to do the job. Now we need to take what we've been equipped with and do the job. Do the job. And I believe faith is one of those things. Because you said it, but ultimately, without faith, it's impossible to please him. These men, Joseph's brothers, they left in faith, believing that this stuff that they had, they were bringing it to Dad. And that stuff, when they showed up at Dad's door, and they told him, Dad, look, Joseph's alive. He didn't believe him. But then when he looked outside and saw how much his, his son loved him, and he saw the asses that were loaded down with corn and bread and meat, and he saw the asses that all the, all the, all the food and all the raiment and the money that his son sent to him, he knew they was alive. Because God is not going to put us in a place and not equip us for the job. Amen. The 
sometimes it takes that faith believing that God can equip us for the job. And I fall short believing, having faith that God can and that God will. But what do we do now? We ain't never been here before. But God has given us the faith to believe him and he will equip us for the job. Do you suppose, Brother Trent, you know, uh, that God is testing us? You know, to see if we will keep the faith? Yeah. possible that God is testing us, that God wants to see our faith stretch. He wants to make sure that we'll trust him in the midst of all what's going on and all of these, uh, the virus, how it's affecting the whole country, the economy, and then and then on top of that, the rioting and all the things that are going on with that. And, and where are we standing at as a church? Well, we need to trust God that he'll take us through this event and this, this challenge right now. But God will, we just have to believe that he can yeah. and that he'll equip us for it. Uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I might, I might be off on the reference, but the Bible says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man, that God is faithful, that he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. So when, you, when I'm tempted... And when I go through something, God will not put something on me that he hasn't equipped me to be able to go through already. Because he has equipped us for it. Just like Joseph sent his brothers out, but he wasn't going to send his brothers out without giving them the goods to be able to go get dad and bring them back. Because I believe one of the verses, I've I, I not read it, but uh, tonight, but there was like 60 people that they were going to go get. The wives and the families, 60 people. How are they going to get those 60 folks back to Egypt without being equipped for it? God does the equipping, but too many times we want to do the equipping. Takes me to the story, I'm done. Takes me to the story of, of David and Goliath. David comes to the camp there's Goliath. He's been out yelling that there is no God, there is no God, there is no God. And uh, David says, wait a minute. Is there not a cause? God is real. God can conquer this man. Basically, uh, paraphrasing a little bit. And then he stands. He goes before Saul. Well, Saul says, well, put my armor on. You know what he's doing, trying to do? He's trying to equip him for battle. Well, that's exactly what takes place when we want to go to battle without God equipping us. Just like these men would not have been able to go get dad and go fight the battle without the equipping of God. But David said, wait a minute. I go on the strength of God. I don't need your armor. I don't need your helmet. I don't need your shield. Put it off. I go in the name of the Lord. And he walked out there and killed Goliath in the name of the Lord because God had equipped him for the battle. Just like God has equipped us for it. Now whether we will use what God has given us to face what we are facing right now.
those would be lakes. Oh, we've got way too much to fight for. <coughs> we got way too much to do. The Lord, the battle as uh, the battle ain't over. It ain't over. There's more to do. God has work to do still. God ain't done yet. Amen. Amen. Any other thoughts or questions before we close? You know, when I read this and everything, I studied this and everything, it's amazing. You know, Joseph, God used Joseph in Egypt. Yes. But yet when Jesus was born, thank Jesus, where did he send him to? Egypt. There's so many correlations between Joseph and Jesus. God brought Joseph to Egypt to protect the family of Israel. God brought Jesus to Egypt to protect him in Egypt, to protect him, basically, the nation of Israel. I mean, all those things take place. There's a lot of correlations that take place. Even the story, how he sends him with a message. He has a specific message. Joseph is alive. And, yeah. I mean, those are, those, yeah. is a, he is a type of Christ yeah. in the scripture. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Anybody else? Very good. Amen. Any other thoughts? No? No? Okay. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. I pray that you'll help us as we go about our way. I pray for those that were able to listen via live stream. I pray for those that are here. I pray that your blessings be upon us as we go about your way. Help us, encourage us, strengthen us in the Lord. The battle isn't over. We have a message to tell. You have equipped us to do the job. Help us to use the, use the message, to preach the message, not change the message, and also to just keep on keeping on. Uh, be faithful to what God's called us to do. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.